everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. Like usual, I'm one of your hosts, Barry 3D for Deep, Dark, and Delicious in 2024. Uh, on my side, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. If you're not dancing, if you didn't dance over the holidays, you didn't tune into his channel. The one person I'm talking about, my best friend, my cousin, the one and only DJ Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. We got something for you. But I ain't say nothing as I usually do. You know, manners make up the man. Click, click. And I'm here. hopefully you don't get a bear ball on your head. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Right. Manners make up the man. So first and foremost, we got to do a big shout out for, uh, you know, we haven't done this in a while. This is this is awesome. So uh, yeah. first and foremost, uh, check out your comic book stores. So please check out Wild Comics out in uh, in Kitchener. You know, with, uh, with, right, with, with, yeah, Wes and the guys. Wes, yep. Exactly. Check out Cambridge. So go to Cambridge and check out uh, A Hero's Tale with Andrew. That's another great comic book store. And they do some events that coming up here in, in, you know, in the month. So keep an eye on their Facebook page. And also, um, we go all the way to Check Swings out in Montreal, right? So you go to Broussard, Check Swings with Trevor. Tell those guys we said hi. You heard about them here on the Iconist podcast, and they will hook you up. If, they, if the best place to start your collections is one of those three locations. No. Okay. Uh, on that, you know, you got to keep an eye out for the group I'm a part of, which is a touch of gray matter, which is myself, Dave Sokolowski, Zolf Ali. You know, you got to let the boys know we still in the game. Keep your eyes peeled. As I always say, I'm Barry3D. You want to find me? You go to Barry3D.com. That's my website. It has all the links to everything I do where I'm going to be live and, and even with this show. Um, then we also got, we cannot forget. We cannot, we cannot, cannot forget, even though my mind is going. We got to give a shout out to our, our boy, Larry Reclizado. He's got his Facebook page, you know, with tons of members on there, forgotten and obscure uh, characters. So look at that Facebook page, join it, respect the rules. You will be, you know, enamored with everything that they talk about there. Yeah. Okay. I think I've got most of everyone done. Oh, hey, 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 wait a minute. What am I talking about? If you want to do a podcast, yeah, exactly. It's, I'm a little bit rusty. If you want to do a podcast, remember, we use Podbean, and you can do a pod, use Podbean and make your own podcast. Let your voice be heard. You can find us at aconis.podbean.com. Find all our past episodes. Look it up. And, of course, we're on YouTube. So, please, like, subscribe, and share. Don't let the show be a secret. And uh, we got our coffee page, so if you want to donate to the show and help us grow, we're open to that. Check the links down below. We are trying to do as much as possible going forward and keep it exciting for ourselves and for you. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And Rod, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on the World Wide Web, as I always say, on the world of Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Find me in the world of TikTok at DJ Rod C one. That's DJ Rod C one. Kawhi, number one, number one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So happy now. Of course, before we kick off this show, if you're planning on getting anything done, right? Any kind of work, uh, mm -hmm. graphic artist, you need a graphic artist for print off stuff or have stuff online. There's only one man and one man you can reach out to, and that is the one and only Mister Jay Bird. Digital Art. Mr. Jason Reese, Jaybird Digital Arts. You hear about him all the time. You've seen him once on our show. Hit Woo! him up. If you mention the Iconist podcast, he will give you a discount off the work. There we go. Oh. Okay. Are you all ready for, you know, the episode? 
We're already for the episode. At times, we got to make it look and we do some work. So the work for today, this month, is February. Mm -hmm. Black History Month. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. It's also Valentine's, the month of Valentine's fall in. And, of course, Groundhog Day is probably around the corner somewhere soon. So hopefully we have a short winter. It is Black History Month. And in honor of that, we are going to go through some of the characters that we think that should have more of a spotlight shone on them. Like we always do. And that is our theme. And thank you for tuning in and joining on. And hopefully you're going to learn today. But let them know who we're covering on Black History Month. Today's episode on the Iconist Podcast is Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley, we say. And you're going to turn around and a lot of you might turn around and say, Isaiah who? And I'm going to say Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley. You're like, what? And I'm like, Captain America. I was like, oh, you mean Steve Rogers? And I'm like, ah, no. Isaiah Bradley was also a Captain America. He was the black Captain America. Isaiah Bradley came about after Steve Rogers was uh, frozen. And they were trying to come up with what made Steve Rogers Steve Rogers, right? right. So, they, 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 you know, and what about this? I have to say, so first of all, when you read this, it's a, it's a seven-issue series, mini-series. Uh, it was called Red, Red, and, Red, White, and Black you know, mm-hmm. so it says Captain America, red, white, and black. Yep. It, it's it's taken things from reality, added it into the story, made it more rich, but it's also a little bit more biting. So maybe some people might be triggered by the material, you know, because it, it just kind of shows a different side. And, and and we're dealing with some of this right now. So I'm not getting into any, as I said, we don't get into any kind of politics here on the show. We're just telling you the story as the story was put together. And there we go. So this comic uh, was called, uh, you know, and it was done as a graphic novel, also called Truth, Red, White, and Black. Um, so as Isaiah Bradley made his first appearance in January of 2003. So 2003 made his first appearance. You figure that much. Now that book was almost borderline pretty much Black History Month when it came out. And it was created by Axel Alonzo, Robert Morales, and Kyle ba- uh, uh, Baker. So those are the three people that were behind this tale. And it came up, you know, in in a conversation, uh, so to speak. So, you know, Isaiah Bradley was one of the people to hold the title of Captain America. As I said, Steve Rogers at this time was out and about. He's gone through his thing. He just disappeared. He's frozen, Mm -hmm. you know, out there after dealing with his, his exploits at this point. The Americans knew the importance of Steve Rogers having a super soldier. And, of course, the, the, the MCU, they're trying to recreate the formula that gave made Steve Rogers Captain America. Right. Now, of course, with the political climate, how things were seen back then, how black people were seen in America, you know, they were we were seen as not as we didn't have equal rights. Let me just put it that way and be you know, polite about it. I know some of it touches me also with how it is because mm-hmm. if you're a black person, person of color, You've got everyone has their their stories uh, that are, are less than favorable, and and you have other stories that would be surprising that are uplifting. So mm-hmm. I always try to keep the show as positive as possible. So Isaiah Bradley came about. It, it was came it, you know there's a conversation over a dinner that led to this character coming out. So pretty much the American government wants to recreate the super soldier serum. They said, okay, well, we don't want to experiment on, you know, people who are not people of color. So let's just call it straight, you know, dance around the world. They didn't want to experiment on white people. They said, let's experiment on Negroes, right, on black people. 
because they were we were seen as lesser in their eyes um, and and part of it was taken from a true statement the, the true uh scenario that happened mm-hmm. so there was a thing called the tusky study so to show you the tusky study took around and it i, I believe it, it took like 400 black men black people black men i'll say 400 black men and it was identified and it promised to give these individuals you know it's it's a a little bit hard for me but it promised to give these black men medical care he says hey you signed up for this program we'll give you medical care these 400 individuals had were confirmed to have syphilis of different levels or degrees and they said okay we're going to take care of you now that was what they told them the true purpose of this was to see the effects of how syphilis untreated over a long term would affect the human body yeah they had the cure they had the penicillin cure for syphilis but they wanted to see if it went untreated how it would be so they gave these 400 individuals um you know they, they gave them a placebo they told them they were getting the the cure for it mm-hmm. and this went on for a good um many years so that's ran from believe it or not and this is in america this is true history not anything made up and the dates this ran from and this was down in alabama tuscany and this ran from 1932 to 1972 it ran for 40 years that they did this group of as i said 600 you know 100 people died as a result for various causes or sorry 400 me 400 400 african-american men with syphilis out of that 400, 100 of them died off because, due to complications. So 26, uh, you know, because of syphilis, uh, the balance of them died due to complications related to this. It, then it got out in the public because a whistleblower came forward, put it out there to the news. And that's when the rest of the people went, wait a minute, you guys are doing what? And it was Bill Clinton that turned around as a president and finally kind of said, hey, we are sorry for what happened to the black people because of this. We are sorry for this was going on. It was really undercover at the time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you wonder why black people don't want to go to the doctor. Okay. Uh, and this was the, the, that experiment. And it's just, and it's not to say they didn't have the cure. They had the cure. So right. not trying to get on a soapbox. I'm just trying to give you the mind frame of right. how we as black people were seen at that time during that time period. And if that was from 1932 to 1972 and Isaiah's story takes place during Pearl Harbor. I just wanted to kind of give some context, time right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, you know, for any black people listening, be like, yeah, we're not surprised. And and maybe others, might, you know, who are non-black, non-people of color are going to turn around. White people are going to say, what? That happened? Look it up. So that's my, that's, I'm just setting the mood there for it. So they turn around and, you know, uh, Alexa Alonso, who was the editor, uh, took the idea. He was taken by this idea, um, buy it. Because he was aware of this, and he said, you know, it was brought to him, saying, hey, we should write a tale about maybe uh, a black Captain America. And he took inspiration from this in the mm-hmm. sense of, okay, I'm going to take, you know, let's say 300 or 400 soldiers, you know, and it works out that way in the army that they've enlisted. So you're following, we're following the tale in issue number one, uh, you know, six, seven individuals from various walks of life, all black, though. So you had Isaiah Bradley, who was just recently married with his wife and he decides to join the army right he gets drafted into the army when he see him leaving his wife is pregnant with their child and he goes okay 
I'm going. Now, in the caption, it says, yeah, this is the first day of the worst day of the rest of his life. And that's that. You had another individual that came from more of a high-class family, and he was working with a Jewish uh, person, and they were trying to uh, help people plan for the future. But, of course, uh, people didn't like to hear that news from a black and a Jew at the time. So he was to get into a lot of fights, even though he was trying to do the right thing. Um, he had another person who was uh, he was a he was known as Sarge or he was captain, mm-hmm. right? He but he got busted down to sergeant because of an altercation and it got involved with a white officer, even though he was an MP at the time. So he ended up getting punished, even though he was doing the right thing. So if, the whole thing is all the characters that you see in here, and there was other people too, were all people that had their moral compass one side, meaning they were all trying to do right by themselves, by society, everything going on. Not one person had, you know, ulterior motives to try to be, I'm going to be a supervillain or screw this. One guy was carrying on saying, hey, you know, it's, I'm, I joined the army so I can shoot white people. And that was his mentality. But And and the rest of the platoon would look at him and say, shut up. So they, they weren't down with that. Right. Right. They just were trying to do what they had to do. One other person was very, like, he very re- regimented and was fighting for equal rights the whole time. And the reason he had to join is because he got into a scuffle. He got brought into the court and the court said, hey, either you serve jail time or you join the army because you're protesting against the army. So it's either you do jail time or you join the army and honor your country. So he chose, you know, to join the army, did not go to jail. Right. Even though it was against his beliefs and everything like that. But that was the only you got only two options. He, He made the best at the time. So these men all turn around, they get in the army, they go through basic training, and they're treated like dirt. Like right off the bat, you got issue number two, they turn around and you see them at one point, they're walking through, you know, they're coming back and they're covered literally in crap. Like literally in crap. Because they were there digging the latrines for all the other soldiers to use. So, you know, all the jobs that you, nobody wanted to do, that's right, they all did it. Right. Kept their heads up. So this is how the whole story starts. Then you have like two guys from Washington, bum, 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 in suits. And they start approaching saying, hey, you know, we're looking to uh, run some experiments. We we need, you know, a couple of hundred soldiers. And, and that's how it came down. So, you know, there there's part of that story that we're starting off with. And maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So as I say, mm-hmm. Isaiah Bradley, he's the main person, right, out of this whole story. Um He's done his appearance. So, as I said, January 2003, uh, he was graded by, you know, and this is more he was put together. It was taken as the backstory, you know, uh, the Tuscany and all that as influence. And, and, and I think that it's telling a story, and it told the story well. I, I would say this, the, you mm-hmm. know, they, they told the story well. It wasn't kind of taking one side over the other. It wasn't browbeating. It's not standing on a soapbox. It's just telling the tale and that building the story up building the story up to get to where we want to go building building the story up so these guys come you know in and they turn around and they're like well we want to you know kind of come with things so i know the original story was they wanted to make isaiah bradley smart man a scientist he turns around he figured out the super soldier serum and he experimented on himself right just very bruce banner uh, you know, like how the Silver Age comics were and stuff like that. And I went, no, you know, if we do it this way, maybe this would be more gripping than him experimenting on himself, right? Having the government experiment on him. 
Now, I know the whole thing is when they came up with this whole storyline, they're saying, hey, this seems kind of depressing. I don't think it's going to get passed for publication to be, you know, okay. And then surprise, surprise, it got greenlit. Good on Marvel, regardless of what, for biting the bullet, so to speak, and telling a hard story. Because that's not a, an easy story to tell. Right. right. So, so I'll pause here for half a second. Rod, what did you make of any of this so far where we're at? So... <laughs> <laughs> the the no no, no it, listen the the the, the storyline is is very very compelling in the sense of you're seeing marvel is right they're giving the realism of of their stories now like we say like what they've always said dc they talk about you know their their viewpoints on on storylines is uh rigid or it's very it's very structured in that sense but marvel or maybe i'm not saying the right way but i want to say this marvel is very they, they try to blend in realism storylines into their into their into their stories, giving you mm-hmm. a, a, a perception that this could happen, this might have happened, did it happen type of scenario. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah. the great thing about this story is that you're right. They take they took the story of the Tuscan Tuscan G uh, storyline and just intertwined that and gave it a different spin on it that make you at least. Helping people learn about history, helping people learn learn about the U.S. history and what has happened, and bringing to light certain aspects that you know you may not have heard or just didn't think it actually did come around to be. So, hearing that, I did like the fact that we did have a whole bunch because there was again there was like. Barry did say the three names, like the three characters. There was like five of them. Out of you know when they start, you can see like the, the platoon was coming together. There are at least five five guys, and they basically were able to see the distinction of their personalities through the writing. And Sarge was always the one who seemed like very um, by the book type of yep. scenario. And uh, hey hey hey, do this do this do this do this that 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 kind of scenario. So it was very nice to see that you have the person who seems to be the extreme um, badass guy, Sarge, and then you had, um, was Maurice? Was he was the calm? Was he the calm one? I'm trying to remember right now. Yeah, yeah. I think he was the calm one. And then you had Bradley yeah. like in the middle. So it, you can see the perspective of everyone in there. Now, I liked, I liked it with that. And getting into the story of realizing that you hear the stories of how a black platoon or a black infantry was treated back then and how everybody didn't, you know, was so kindly to them. There was even one particular episode where an incident, try to remember, I think it might've been in the third issue where one of them had Maurice, someone went to the, um, I can never say his name properly. (sighs) Flaunt. Anyway, someone was going trying to use was using the washroom. Went to use the the white washroom and basically didn't even make it. And he got jumped outside. Hmm. And it was you know just showing that realism that yeah that that did happen that does ha- that did happen in that time in that time era stuff like that that happened. So I was very happy to see that you said it right. Marvel didn't shy away or at least greenlit it. And just said, you know what? We'll let it through. We'll let it through. So yeah, 
Yeah, I that's it. It, it. You know, I had to read it a couple of times. I read it originally when it came out. I just reread it just recently. And I know, as I said, mm-hmm. I was saying Axel um, Alonso was taken by that story, right? And he gave it to Robert Morales. And Robert Morales actually put together that whole script and did the writing on it because influences. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, he did go to use the bathroom. He got jumped by three soldiers. And then the, the two guys from Washington who are there for the classified experiment turn around yeah. with the commanding officer saying, as we're getting escorted, saying, hey, what's going on? Pick yourself up. And, you know, to his credit, that, that soldier said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I just got winded. He's like, well, kind of walk it off. Get out of here. Right. So as we advance, and I might jump a little bit here at certain points. Uh, so, you know, what was another thing of it is that they say, hey, you have the whole army base. Here's the Negro division of the army base, the black division mm-hmm. of the army base. We only need X amount of soldiers. So they had all these trucks lined up. They brought all these soldiers on board on the trucks, you know, you know the regular army trucks. And, and then one guy turns around and goes, okay, we got enough. We don't need any more. And he turns around to one of the soldiers or one of the white soldiers like, yeah, we don't need any more. You know what to do. Right. Uh, so sorry. And just before that, so let me go back a half a step. So mm. first, the commanding officer, the general of that base, or the commander, I forget rank, was confronted by another soldier. So these are now two white soldiers. So one commanding white soldier to the other commanding white soldier gives him a paper. says, here you go. The guy that runs the base looked at it and goes, wait a minute, you're decommissioning my whole army base that's here? Like, you know, it's going to be like we never existed? And he goes, yeah. And then he pulls a gun out and he shoots him right in the head. Point blank range. All the black soldiers like, what the heck? Then they said, for any, you know, all the black soldiers, get him on the trucks. Then when they had enough of them on the trucks, they go, yeah, we're not leaving no witnesses. You guys know what to do. And when the trucks are driving away with Bradley and the rest of the crew, Bradley, Sarge, and the rest of them, he's like, mm-hmm. one of them turns out, like, do you hear gunfire in the background? They euthanized that whole army camp. They got rid of it on record, like that army base never, never existed. Exists. They they mothballed it, got rid of all the soldiers, and then they turned around and started going to the respective families of each soldier, giving them uh, the story. So with, uh, you know, Maurice's wife, uh, sorry, Isaiah, Isaiah's wife, sorry, Isaiah's wife, they went to her and said, hey, by the way, your husband got into a very bad accident. The body got burned and charred. We apologize. This is all we can do. Um, you know, these things happen in the army. Each family got told a various different story what happened to their significant other. So yeah. not to make it look for it. Now, Isaiah's wife was a very strong woman and and wanted to see certain things. So at this point now, she's given birth to their daughter. She's gone to the funeral home. She's by herself. And she says, I want to see my husband's body. He's like, oh, what do you mean? We don't suggest. No, no, I want to see my husband's body. So she kept pushing, pushing, pushing. So they open the casket and you see her face and it's just shock. Now we don't see what's in the casket. Well, you know, a couple of pages later, you realize she's at the army base sitting down now going, okay, I know my husband's not dead. And, you know, there's a white officer and there's another black officer behind him. And he's like, what do you mean you know your husband's not dead? He goes, well, if you can tell me why my why the guy in the casket is a white soldier, that is a skinny white soldier in the casket, if you guys are trying to pass off my husband, she goes, I wasn't aware fire burnt black off people's skin. You know, all, and they're still trying to smoke screen her. She walks out of the office. The black soldier follows her and says, hey, by the way, if he's like, he's like, I'm sorry. Look, here's, here's the deal. This is what, how the army does it. If there's not enough of the body to put in there, we have other bodies that we kind of put into the coffins to send back. So at least give them a proper burial 
you know, because the army's paying for it. So even though in that casket you might think it's person A, it can be person X. They just annoy ask for the the casket to open. So that that was had her fired up. And at one point, it kind of took the wind out of her sails. But it was almost like, okay, okay. So I guess he's truly gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was her. There was the I think it was Maurice family. He was the one that was you know with his Jewish friend trying to help people. And I know his dad and him didn't believe have the same beliefs but at one point you see his dad when he found out the news the mom's in bed saying hey honey come to bed father standing there looking out the window he pulls out a gun outside the window all here is bam then it's a panel and then another panel and then you see bam from the same angle so he pretty much implied that he killed her and then he took his own life the only thing i didn't understand was why he did it like it, mm-hmm. it didn't seem to kind of lead up to why he would have that reaction right you know, and the thing with Maurice, I mean, he even said, you know, he's atheist, he's a socialist, he's, but I don't, we never, we heard about the mom, we heard about Maurice, but we never heard enough about the dad. We heard of the dad, but I never got to really connect with the dad. So that I always found a little bit out of place, mm-hmm. you know, but I, that's my two cents there. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I, I kind of like took that as. At the time, maybe I'll get figured out later on, but I never never saw anything to pull back to it. So until you just said that, now you kind of did refresh my memory. Like, okay, you shot. Cool. Were you de- – how distraught were you that you had to do that? And that's the part I, w- yeah. I just couldn't put two and two together on why. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, right. Right. Maybe maybe there's extra pages that just didn't make the cut, and, you know, that would have explained that a little bit better more, right? Like you have that's your, what I'm thinking. You know, uh, you have your deleted scenes. Maybe there's deleted pages. I don't know. So that's the only thing I found was a little bit rushed. Everything else, I, I thought the painting was well done and it was telling the story. And I mean, it's sensitive to people in this day and age now. So, you know, we're, we really want to cover it with respect. Mm-hmm. So this is where it gets interesting. So at the point now, the soldiers are now being brought into rooms. All the, the black soldiers are being brought into room one by one, strapped down to a table, injected. And most of them don't make it. Like some of them literally explode on the table. The ones who made it are all really part of that one platoon. That that those those five individuals are the ones that make it. But yeah. you know, when they make it, they're deformed. One, they all get like the the big arms and shoulders to various degrees. Some are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. But then some of them got like a deformed head. Like their heads got extremely big. Um, yeah. I think it was like uh, George. And forgive me. There's so many names in there. So there was one of the soldiers. Then they bring these soldiers um, because you know Pearl Harbor happened. They want to retaliate. For some reason, the, the army thinks that, you know, black people have their own speech, like how Indians had their own way of talking, and they use that as a code, right? I'm talking mm. Native Americans. They thought the same thing with, with black people. They called it black vine. So it's like, oh, yeah, they have this black vine thing that we want to kind of break down to make sure they're not planning anything against us. So it was just little snippets like that. So then, you know, they go to send them off to actually see action and combat for the very first time. These are, you know, five super soldiers they put them in a carrier on ship below decks and off they go to take them overseas to germany while on the way there one of them's not feeling well he even gets on the boat says i'm not feeling well he's mm-hmm. sweating profusely you know they go you send a doctor it's like oh don't worry about it we'll send a doctor in the morning whatever and everyone else is just talking they're playing cards they pass the time he's lying down in the bed you can see he's sweating 
Then he starts having visions. And, and one of the visions is a African warrior. And then you see another African warrior. Yep. Right? And they're smiling. You know, not, not laughing, just a calming smile. And one reaches out their hand. And he reaches for their hand. You know, and they're just wearing, like, you know, they're, like, they got the tribal war paint on. They got a necklace. They got a loincloth on. That's it. Like, really warrior. So now, once again, I don't know what this, I mean, the way I see it, it was Angel of Death. It was angels, you know, taking them back to the motherland. I, I, I got the visual reference of it, mm-hmm. and it kind of pulled him. And, of course, you know, when he reaches for the hand, the rest of the soldiers say, hey, let's go and check on him. And it's like, oh, my gosh, he passed away. And then right. you see him, you know, you see his spirit above his body with these two other African warriors. Now, once again, my lack of knowledge, I don't know what those African warriors represented. Were they supposed to be truly African? Were they Wakandan? Were they angels? I, it was, maybe there's more significance to them that wasn't penciled. I would have to really look in to see what it is. So I don't visually wise, I get mm. it. It's like, hey, your time is up. It's like the Grim Reaper. Come with me. Let's go. We're taking you back home. I get that. But that character never really uh, emphasized saying, hey, even though I live in North America, I live in America, I see myself as African or I practice, you know, I believe in the African gods, something like that to tie it to it. So that that was, I said, those are, are moments that were just really quick for me that I really wanted more depth on. So as I said, it, it, I liked it. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It almost like it left me wanting to know more. I, 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 I'll go with that 100%. <laughs> so, Definitely. what do you say on that? No, I, I'm here. I'm here looking for his name. I was, I was just trying to get, oh, get okay, back okay, to that okay. particular scene. I was trying to get back to that scene so I get his name. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it, it was, um, Jack. Jack. So, Jack, Jack okay. was the one who, who passed away. Jack was the one who passed away. But All yeah, right. it's, I, 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 I like the fact that we saw how it how it's luckily not lucky enough, at least it's penciled out in the story that the same guys who were in the same unit were all together. And I I was again well I'm not gonna rehash, you were talking about uh hmm. about uh Maurice's uh parents, how they, you know, took their own lives in that regard. I still don't know why of that one. But the fact that at least these guys work together and basically created a bond. Because you'll see in the following episode, in the issue, you'll see them like going out to the jungle and basically taking on one of their first missions. And you see some of them getting shot up. If I remember correctly, they got shot. Someone got shot, but it didn't see, you know, a phase them or whatever the case would be. So at least showing now the super, sol- super soldier serum taking effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the Hulk taking yeah. bullets and, you know, you don't bleed out or die out type of scenario. So that's that was good. So, um, you know what? All all I'm gonna say is that the storyline does leave me to figure out what's what's next. Like, what could have been next on that? Um, we could have had some more with that, but then you see that they start to uh, dwindle down on the amount of people. But yeah, go yeah. Well, they get no, into their first like, conversation. I'm just following you because you you definitely have picked this up. You 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 you've done it. You've, you're explaining it far better now. I'm trying to explain it myself, and I'm like, I'm you're I'm saying the same thing he just said. I'm just about copying the same thing. Same thing. Well, it's okay, and I and I know I'm bad with names, so I know I'm gonna get the names of the soldiers confused. But no, and that's why a, I, that's why I always do that. Like that's why when you're doing, it, I'm there like, you know what? It's not. 
Here, here it is. Here it is. Right. Cool. Teamwork so makes the dream work. There you go. Yeah. There we go. So while they're going through this, they finally get on German soil. So now there's one soldier that's down, right? They finally mm-hmm. get put down there to fight the platoon and they go in there to go and fight. One of the soldiers turns around, he finds, you know, hand to hand combat because they didn't even give him like weapons. They, they just said, go ahead, do what you got to do. So they're all there in, you know, the, the classic, if you remember, like um, the G.I. Joe 12 inch action doll. So he's got the black cargo pants, army black cargo pants, black boots, uh, a black turtleneck, you know what I mean? And then he's got mm-hmm. the black skull cap, right? That, that's, that's all they have. Let them loose at night to go in there. They, they infiltrate, they find these soldiers, and they start attacking these German soldiers. One of them turns around, and they never really tested their strength or their power. So the big one that has a, a, the big deformed head, he grabs yeah. one soldier, fights off a couple of them, like hand-to-hand. They're trying to shoot him. He's, so he, now he's really seeing his power of how fast he is, how strong he is, how resilient he is. I'm not saying bullets are bouncing off of him, but he's dodging them. Right. So he fights off, like, like, three soldiers, gets the last one, picks him up with one hand, and he's almost laughing, and he snaps his neck with one hand, and he's like, huh, all right, cool. And he's now kind of impressed with his power, because he's probably daydreaming what he can do. Like, no one's going to push him around when he gets back to American soil. Like, you're a super soldier. You're, you're, you are, like, you know, super Negro, as I can say at this point. Uh, of course, when he was doing that, and he kind of took his eyes off the ball, the, so, the German soldier, while dying, dropped this grenade. At his feet. Yep. Boom. All right. That's another one that's done. Yep. They turn around. They f- succeed in the mission. Then they realize that they weren't stopping enemy weapons. It was enemy medical supplies. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Why are we doing this? This this still seems wrong. Like, we can't catch right. a break anyway. So as time goes on, you know, uh, at one point they're at a castle. They're helping clean up. And, of course, this one soldier comes by, a white soldier comes by, and he just starts ridiculing them. Now, let's just say some of them are quick to temper. So, you know, argument breaks out because this soldier thinks he's above them because, one, he's white and he has a higher rank. And they're thinking to themselves, like, no, we're not taking any of your crap anymore. We're super soldiers. And he turns around and, and, and just punches the guy. One shot! flying. You know, we all had those moments of frustration. I don't mean, it doesn't matter of color. Everyone's had that moment of frustration. Punch the guy, sends him flying. Boom, that's done. The other soldiers realize what's going on. So then they all start fighting amongst themselves, trying to contain him because he's losing his temper. During this fight, he kicks off Isaiah. Isaiah goes flying off. He grabs a big rock. He turns around and crushes the the head of one of his other colleagues right there. So the, the... Super soldiers are not only is he hot tempered, but it, it enraged him so much. I mean, there's still defense. They haven't, you know, it hit a point of his personality that it just sent him over the edge. So mm-hmm. he turns around, crushes his, you know, uh, teammate's head. Then, you know, uh, the other soldiers, other soldiers show up, see him, and, and I believe they end up shooting him. Yeah. So at this point, it just whittles down, like between their first combat mission and themselves, unfortunately. The only person left is Isaiah at mm-hmm. this point, who's so far, he's, he's not as strong as maybe some of his other colleagues, maybe not as fast as some of his other colleagues, because some of them were faster, some of them were stronger. He was a good blend of it all. And prior to this, he was reading a comic book of Captain America, about Captain America's exploits during World War I. He, so he, he likes the idea of it. So they finally said, hey, we're sending you on a proper mission. You're the only one left. You seem to be the only one that was even keel. You didn't go 
you know, uh, you know, mentally wise, you're okay. Physically wise, you're okay. We need to send you in to do some dirty work. And he goes, well, I have a couple of conditions. One, I want to go in a Captain America costume because I want to show black people that, you know, I look up to Captain America. I read what he did as an exploits and I want to emulate that for America and for black people. Fine. They, they let him get the Captain America costume. They gave him a shield, which was not the round shield and obviously not Captain America's original shield, but a, a, you know, the triangle one that Captain America had in his debut. So very something similar. It had its own logo on it. And then he made mm-hmm. a makeshift mask blue, right? That was more like a, almost like a do-rag with eyes and he tied it up at the back and he went in there as Captain America and, and got down to business fighting soldiers and he was in there and he was trying to free, free uh, a bunch of Jewish people that were stuck in one of these rooms that warehouses. was going to, yeah, warehouses that was going to dispense, you know, gas to kill them off. When they went in there, they, of course, they're starved. They've been abused. They see him. They just start rushing him and he's trying to not fight them, but he's trying to open the door at the same time. They mm. released the gas. They ended up dying. He ends up living because of the super soldier serum. Gave him a bit of a healing factor, resilience. He survives, and then he's captured by Hitler. Like, Hitler has him chained to a chair, shows up. Meanwhile, his wife still thinks he's dead. And then it goes into uh, a series of events of him and Hitler having a conversation. You know, he, you know he's looking down on him. You're not – because Hitler's whole thing was master race, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair. That was his mantra. That's what he was trying to hope to achieve, even though he wasn't that way. And so obviously he's going to look down at a black man. So they're talking and going back about ideologies. Isaiah is standing his ground. He's not going to give up uh, or, or succumb to what Hitler wants. But Hitler realizes that, hey, this guy, is, he's got something. If I can get what's in his blood into my soldiers, it's going to make people better. Yeah, so that breaks into the fight. He ends up you know, being captured. Or he ends up, you know, fighting. He he serves some time there. He got he, he escapes finally. He gets out through like an underground network that finally brings him back to America. And he goes and he does what he's supposed to do as a soldier. He reports back to his superior officers on everything that happens. And here's where it comes to kicking the head. When he goes to report in for duty to say, "Hey, I'm back," you know, this is what's going on. Here's my report. They arrested him and mm-hmm. threw him in jail for life. For impersonating Captain America. Right. But once again, let's not get too much into a certain feelings. It's just the story. Mm-hmm. And let's say this happens up to now. We're here, we are 2024. Stuff like this similar happens up to now. So this is what makes it so tangible, is because it can hit those emotional points with us today and this was written Mm -hmm. back in 2003 based on something like in the 1940s kind of thing right so hopefully we do better for 2025 overall uh so he gets put in jail his wife eventually finds out that he's there he's in jail we only see him like three times a year through all this she never remarried. She never started dating anybody. She stayed mm-hmm. faithful to him to be in his, his rock when he was going through this. He's in solitary confinement. And it was only like years later that, you know, when the story's coming up, what was nice is you see Captain America, Steve Rogers himself show up because now it's in present day. He right. finds out 
about Isaiah. And and he's in the office with you know with one of the army captains and 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 he goes and meets one of these old soldiers. So one of these guys who remembered him as a kid, who was racist at the time, but he was a kid, remembered and looked up to Captain America and he's like, Oh, and he's an old man now and he's in jail for war crimes, so Captain America's talking to him. And the guy is saying, oh, well, you know, he's talking a certain way. And, of course, Steve Rogers is not racist. He's, he believes equal rights for everybody. That's what right. makes, you know, he stands on the ideals of America, not the uh, ideal, the idea of how it should be of who versus who, right? He believes in what was written down. That's what makes it Steve Rogers that character. So he turns around and says, no, I, you guys got to find, where is he now? Do we know where he's at now? And he finds out. You know, he's got a guy working with him. You know, the guy, black, but he was born in, in Germany himself. So even when he's talking to the other guy, he's like, oh, you know, I'm part Jewish. I'm sorry, I'm part uh, German. And the guy's like, what? No. So anyways, Steve Rogers finds out, goes and finds Faith, starts talking to her, and realizes mm-hmm. Faith is, you know, Isaiah's wife. And he's like, well, what happened to Isaiah? And that's what everyone's saying. It's like, oh, well, you know, maybe it might not be known to you, Rogers. But once again, we'll forgive you because at that point, you were frozen. You wouldn't know any of his exploits. He's right. been around. So within black culture, he was almost talked about as a myth of the black Captain America. You you should have seen him, right? There's no official documents of him that are out there. It's not out in the public. Everything was underground. So when he finds and tracks down Isaiah's wife, he's talking to her. And she's like, yeah, well, this is what we had to do. We had to sign an agreement to finally get him out from jail. We had to sign an agreement to say, yeah, we'll release him, but you cannot talk about any of your exploits as what happened before joining the army, in the army, during captivity with the Americans. You cannot talk about anything. You're free, but mum's the word. If you kind of go back on that, we'll pick you up and back in the hole you go. Right. So now with Isaiah, he gets there. He's out. He's free. She, you know, Captain America tracks him down, talks to the wife. And she was like, well, if you want to meet him, he's in the other room. And he goes, I, I definitely want to meet him. He goes, I don't know what to say, but I want to meet him. You know, and then he finally meets him and they start talking like face to face. So Captain America's speaking to him. And prior to that, Faith had to say, look, due to him being in solitary confinement for over 17 years, due to the things that he went through, his mind starts to deteriorate, started to deteriorate. So he has the mentality of a 12 year old, but he doesn't speak, but he's a grown man. Mm -hmm. So it's bittersweet that he's free, but this is, his reward, so to speak, he's he's sterile. So he's you know, so he can't have kids. They couldn't have kids after that. That one kid they had before, that was it. Since then, nothing. And she's just become his permanent caretaker. When Steve right. walks in, he sees on the wall a bunch of pictures, and you see at the before his mind started going when he was free. You see Isaiah with Richard Pryor. You see Isaiah with Malcolm X. You see Isaiah with Muhammad Ali. You see Isaiah with all these black prominent figures. Malcolm X. You know, uh, Martin Luther King, he was there with them. So they all knew about him. But once again, they couldn't publicly go. It's like he was at their house. He was at the Ridley, you know. So everyone knew about him from word of mouth. And that was it. It was kind of contained. It wasn't known by the general public. Okay. So Steve meets him. They talk to him. And then Steve pulls something out the bag. And he pulled out the Captain America uniform, even though it's in tatters, that Isaiah wore. And he gave it back to him. And Isaiah puts it over his clothes. So it's just the top half. And he takes a picture with Steve, and both of them are smiling. He, and Steve even thought about it. Like, uh, well, I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but you know what? No one's going to say anything about him if I'm in the picture because they'd have to get rid of both of us. And Steve is more of a fighter in the sense of he would fight the government because he has in the past. 
Right. Right. So he turned around and said, all right, here we go. Big smiles. And that's where it kind of ends off with Steve Rogers, Captain America, with Isaiah Bradley as the black Captain America. This is why this, it was a, it was a really good tale to talk about. But he, right. And then, of course, you know, um, do we know Isaiah Bradley? Yes, because he made an appearance in um, uh, Falcon Shoulder. and the Winter Soldier. Right, like the, the character, he was, you know, you hear about his name, he was casted, mm-hmm. he was done, but it was him at the end of it. And then you see his yeah. grandson that was in that part, and sorry, in that live miniseries also, uh, that was on Disney Plus. Who, if you look at the name, turns out to be, you know, uh, he joins the Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know, there's also another character, Joshua X, but you know, he gets like part of his grandfather's DNA, so. Uh, and he joins the Young Avengers as, um, and I can't remember what his name is at, in the Young Avengers. Patriot. Patriot. Patriot, thank you. Mm-hmm. There we go. So there's the tale. I know I've done a lot of talking of Isaiah Bradley, but I think it was a, <laughs> an important tale to tell. I, mm. I, I like that it does make sense to me that if you're going to try to do something during the time frame, the mentality of the American government, and not all of them, but just to select few, and that's all it takes is one to get a couple of people to join you to agree with something, that's all it is, right? To tell this tale that would make it fit really well in the MCU. So there we go. That's why I'm done. All right, Rod. Okay, no worries. Listen, mm-hmm. the, the the great thing about this story is that we are seeing a ticket tape of the MC, the Marvel universe, uh, of an individual from that time, from 1940s till now, and all the the realism of life, how it interjected and how it how it actually was so real that the conflicts that as a black individual, how you know one was how was how, how their experience of how they were going through life, uh, growing up in 1940 to 1950s, being uh, part of the army, um, being giving their their all or giving being their being their supportive self for their country mm-hmm. and then how an individual at the end at the end of it all was held by the enemy escape come back and that type of treatment that was done it just shows you the realism of of a storyline of what life has been and what is currently is going into and you can just see the similarity so Having that as a in a comic book, having that as a piece of literature that you can see and realize that it's now been integrated into the comic industry, just giving you that that nice realism that you know what it a part of part of life is there, and I'm happy to to say that we experience by reading it and have a feel a connection of you know wow that. You know, I I personally have not gone through any of those type of um, situations, life experiences, um, but I can feel it and I can understand what it is and how it is through the paper being, you know, shown to me. And I like the fact that at the end of it all, you you brought a nice ending to that story and a positive light in the sense that, Although he was held for so many years, but when he was, he was able to, Isaiah was able to be free. He was able to be 
release, I should say, be released yeah. and still live out the rest of his life, his natural life in that regard. And then and you can see in that sense, it jumps from the story into, although this was made in 2003, yeah. we're in 2020 right now. So we can say um, Captain, I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that version of Isaiah is could definitely be the continuous canon to the book. And we can see where he is right now and see like the similarities of like thinking, yeah, he had to hide because even in MCU version of it, he couldn't reveal himself of who he was. He literally had to just kind of like continue on with his life and just don't make any mention of who you are and what type of relationship you have with the with the American government at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like how they did change it for the for the TV show, at least for the spot that it didn't. Um, right. That that his mind, his his mental um, faculties was was still he was still aware of what he was and who he was along that line, because he was able to show you can see you can understand the trauma and the anger that was built in within him to have resentment for what has happened to what was done to him in all that regard again without his permission without his 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 knowledge and you know he was experimented on and you can see at the end of the MCU aspect of Isaiah Bradley that he still held very that was still stern to him and you can still see that he still have his ability still with him at least for the show because he was I remember him he got upset and he threw something across the way and that wasn't a, just a simple throw and like oh okay you you still you still got you still got some juice in you Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Even the comic book, he still has juice Sorry, in IB. him. No, no, IB. I'll stay over here, IB. All right, all right. <laughs> exactly. Like, even in, even in the comic book, he still has the powers, right? He's, he's, he's kind of slow at aging. Yeah, but because but, his mind is not there, unfortunately, his mind he, snapped, he, he's not right. going to use them. He's not going to use it. So he won't realize, at least in the last few panels, they never showed that he um, was aware of his abilities being there. Type of right. scenario, so you didn't have right. to really. If anything, you worry that he may just be maybe you know if his his mental faculty wasn't there, you just had to be more aware that okay, you know he might try to move, you might try to hold him to sustain him, you know, subdue him for something. We you know don't do something, and he might just flare his arm. He may go fly across the room, but they didn't show that in the book. No, but they showed at least in real life. Like, listen, don't get I beam upset. He still got some juice in him. Just watch out. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't vex granddad. Uh, granddad, granddad, just just let him tend to the yard outside. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. So Tell this is what I thought was really interesting as a tale. That one, it, it was nice to have them said it. To tell it, it's it's too that it's canon. It's absolutely canon. It's not an alternative <laughs> universe. It's nothing like that. It is a canon tale. Mm-hmm. Steve Rogers available, you know, uh, there because of it. You know, his grandson Patriot is still around. So I liked all those aspects. And I, and to you, yes, I, I, I wish he was still able to talk, right? So the MCU, you know, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier gave a little bit more leniency. You know, yes. This way we can get, uh, you know, hear more instead of being told more about his tale. So right. I think that was really 
you know, it was a I nice. Was, I appreciated that. I appreciated that. I appreciated yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I mean, I was excited when I saw him. So same here. So here it comes down to. So all the time we turn around and we talk about this. I know I did a lot of talking in this episode, hmm. but I think it was really important to kick off Black History Month to show how this was really representing and a true thing. That I think that would follow through with that. So as always, we come down to the fun part, right, Rod? If you had to turn oh. around and you know, how would you adapt? How would you adapt Isaiah Bradley Black? in america how and go i i would want it to be live now um for all the valid reasons you know you definitely want you know you can have a lot of fun with him if it was animated or cartoon or anything like that but i wanted to i wanted to do something similar to how you had did the jack ryan type of aspect of it of having it jumped around like you've had we've had live presentations of old young middle jack type of scenario right. so in this sense we've now as you just stated we have a canon live isaiah bradley so with that i would like to have a live younger isaiah bradley and basically it i, I would like to see that because i think it will be it will give a good tie-in and just show some more realism to the hidden secret story of the super soldier serum on American soil versus just being in a cartoon and we just, it may just get sidetracked or whatever the case may be. But if hmm. it's a real life, it'll have a more tangible aspect for people to, to relate it to not only to the older one in Falcons and Winter Soldier, but realize he's alive. I can touch him. I can see him. I can see the pores on his skin. Okay. So, he wasn't there with the real time of, of Captain America, but I can see Cap. I can see him. Who I would like to have, um, if I remember correctly, I think, I think I had this actor for something else before. Uh, and I would like to have Addis Hodge. I always have a problem saying this guy's name. So um, he's been, we've seen him. We've seen him on, on the DC side, and I, I would I would like to have him on the Marvel side, and this, to me, would be a, a, a nice fit. Now, again, we've seen him on the DC side, and if anybody's not catching what I'm saying, he was Hawkman in the Black Adam movie. Um, He, to me, did a good job. He did a good job. The writing yep. on that might have been a little better. We know mm -hmm. the stories on Black Adam could have been a little bit better, could have been a little bit tighter. I still enjoyed it, but yeah. No, no, yeah, it was good. It was good, but it just could have been a little tighter. Um, but he, to me, was still very by the book type of scenario. Yep. So he has yep. that presence. He has the ability to be pop, 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 pop. Also, also by the book kind of scenario, pop, pop, pop. He also plays John Stewart voice in uh, Justice League, Crisis on Infinite Earth, um, Beware My Power, Green Lantern. So again. He understands to be a to be uh, he understands to be a man of the wall soldier you'll know how to be. So yeah, I can see him doing that. And again, I'm not I'm not worried about him with action, you know, taking care of himself in that. He he can he can handle himself, throw a couple of bodies and you know, he can he can he can take care of someone if need be so i'm okay with that so yes 
So my thoughts is mm. to have Aldous Hodge as Isaiah Bradley, and this would be perfect that I'm looking at him being the showing the the love and respect for faith, having a you know young husband, recently married husband, newly father going into going into the army to support his family and so forth, and then going through all these trials and tribulations and all these type of temperament of different experiences of happening. I think I can see Aldris. Aldris, that's the problem why I can say that. Excuse mm. me, sir. Aldis, Aldis Hodge, see how he can handle that. Yes. That's why okay. I'm trying. Okay. Good call. Good call, man. I like that. I like that because I was thinking about that too. I was looking at the list and I was going down the characters to, to see it. So here, here, here it is. So I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I like what you're saying because I almost went with Aldis Hodge myself. Right. Mm. But in that, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me look more at the comic book and let me see how he's drawn and how he looks and stuff like that. So, yeah. With okay, that being but... said, Right, mm-hmm. I, Aldous Hodges. It was it was really close for me, but I found one person, in my opinion, that edged it out just a half a second for how he looks. So okay. the actor, first of all, for first and foremost, I'm gonna go with live action. Give me a live action mini series based on the comic book, that seven issue mini com- that comic book. 100%. Right, adapt that to 100%. TV. Give me, give me that. Um, I think they can definitely do it well because if you remember, you know, uh, uh, Peggy Carter, Agent of Shield, her two series. Um, you know, she was set back in that time period. So that's great. I think if they can integrate maybe some of Peggy Hill, not Peggy Hill, sorry, uh, Peggy Carter. I'm saying Peggy Hill, Peggy Carter, yeah. right? So if they can integrate maybe Peggy Carter or, or have like an Easter egg from her, Peggy, Peggy Carter, uh, oh, yeah. in there, sorry. then I think it'd be kind of cool, right? Because that's the beginning of mm-hmm. Shield, seeing how they're coming in. Um, maybe an Easter egg or a future Easter egg dropping of Nick Fury. So they can pinpoint in Spiderweb some things that are happening around that time with the character. So, Got it. Isaiah, live action, limited series, just like they did Echo. Echo, nice limited series, just about five episodes. I'm good with that. So that's what I'm going with. And and I've mentioned it before. We we mentioned like you know Marvel Premiere, Marvel Spotlight, and I know yeah. they just started the Marvel Spotlight, Ryan. We'll talk about that another time. But Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, maybe more. But Marvel Spotlight. So this is what it is: Marvel Spotlight, five episodes. You, you know, if you want to do it that way, maybe six. You can do an episode per comic, but I don't think it really needs that. So five. Yeah, that's know, what I'm saying. Five people. Yeah, five episodes. I think we're good. I'm going with an actor that has a look. He's carried the lead. He's done some stuff for Marvel in a smaller roles too. And I'm going with Omar Sy. Now you're gonna say who's Omar Sy? Very simple. Omar Sy did the latest run on Netflix, Lupin. Right. He did Asien uh, Asien Dion. He was by he was he was he was, he was your number I was two. Him. I was I was trying to pull at you in a sense like let me like I know Barry's gonna go hard left and then I like saying wait a minute and I'm like no 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 I'm not gonna do Lupin no 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 nah wee nah no wait and I pulled and I went this way that's hilarious and I was going by Lupin I didn't go by his I didn't go by his name I just knew I just yeah. knew Lupin. That's why. So as soon as you said right. Lupin, I'm like, right, right, Maria. nice, yeah, nice. Yep. He did okay. like you know three parts for Lupin or Lupin, mm-hmm. Lupin. Um, how you want to pronounce Lupin. it? Right. Mm-hmm. We we got the French in there. But that's what I'm saying. We got the French. We got the French. Parlez-vous français, Lupin? Right. <laughs> Lupin. Lupin. So there we go. So he plays that thief. He's influenced by him in the Netflix series. If you look at his his physical frame, how he is, he's got that charming smile. 
Yeah, if you yeah. put him back into some 1940s style clothes, like Peggy yeah. Carter was filmed in, and Ooh, and bring that yeah. character to life, and he, you know, he was very cool under pressure. But I think that he's got the look, he's got the charisma, he can pull it off. Yes, I know he's French, but he's also showed up. If I'm right, I believe he showed up in Ghost Rider, the second Ghost Rider movie with uh, Nicholas Cage. I think so. I think so. Right, and and he, but he had a smaller role in that. So that's who uh, I'm going for. You know, he's been around for a while. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his body of work of movies, the uh, the Untouchables, you know, Two as a Family, Father and Soldier, The Takedown, okay, Call of the Wild, uh, Samba. Okay, the the list goes on. For, he was mm. in Jurassic World. So there we go. He was in Jurassic World on okay. the other side of, okay, um, Chocolate, Knock, Inferno. So he's done. Okay, the, the list goes on, you know. Bellevue Cop instead of Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Belleville Cop. There we go. He was in X-Men. Days of Future Past. All right. He's the Wolf's the Call Night. So he's done. Okay. I'm going through. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't realize he yeah. had this many movies. English, French, yeah. underneath his belt. So mm-hmm. uh, good Good on you, man. Good on you. So as I he said. He was Hot that... Rod? Oh, wow. He was Hot Rod. For Transformers of last night. Oh. Oh. See, we even learn stuff. We don't know claim to know everything. We just go with what we like I said. I was just going by I just going by his character name. I didn't go for his I didn't go posing as like the Yeah. He was Bishop He was Bishop. Yes. So he was Bishop in X-Men Days of Future Past. The live action one. So he's a super he's he's good with Marvel already. He's good with Marvel. Okay, let's go. Omar Sai. That's my guy. Hey, it made a rhyme. So Omar Sy, that's my guy that's going to play Isaiah Bradley in a, a, a limited run under the Marvel Spotlight brand because now they just started this and Spotlight mm-hmm. should have stories that are not... Anyways, this is where I'm going with. So that's... Boom. That's who I'm with. All right. Cool. Honey. Yes. It's funny. How you're, you, you know, the guy you were going with was I was thinking about the guy you were going... You know, vice versa. 100%. 100%. Strong, strong, strong bloodline. bloodlines. Strong bloodlines. Sweet. Well, here we go. Thank you, everyone, for coming into another episode of the Iconist Podcast. Rod, any last words? Uh, listen, make sure you um, make sure you hit that follow button. Hit that subscribe button. If you like what you heard, listen, we, we, we're we on we're year three, going on four, going on well, five. We're, we're, going we're on still, we haven't finished year. So we're like, officially, we're like two and a half. Okay. Yeah, we going on three, going on four, going on five. You like it. Make sure you follow. Tell your friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. We out here. We out in these streets. Okay, stop. Okay, let me stop it. Let me stop now. Let me not lose my mind now. We good. We good. I saw it. Facts. 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 On that note, this has been the Iconist Podcast. Isaiah Bradley, Black Captain America, has been the kickoff for us on Black History Month. And remember, mm-hmm. this whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Deep on dreaming. Route! Now, hopefully we'll get a parade, but it's got to be indoors because it's Black History Month and it's cold outside. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Where's my toque? Where's my toque? Hey. Where's my toque? Salut tout le monde, à prochaine. Salut.